The controversial Tether coin has released a transparency update. Jack Dorsey and Square have received their bit license in New York City. The CEO of Circle says every world currency will have a crypto version, and Travis's beard is still growing. EOS, JP Morgan, Paris Hilton, and rapper Akon are all in the news. And what would the crypto space be without a little John McAfee? This time, he's shying away from ICOs because of the SEC threat. We're not fake news. We're just two dudes talking crypto. And this is the Bad News episode number 143 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm John McAfee, and I've been on with these uh, badasses on Bad Crypto for the past hour. I'm very happy to leave them, but I will tell you this, they are badasses. Thank you. Two dudes talking crypto, two dudes talking crypto, Joel and Travis are just two dudes talking crypto, oh yeah. I'm Satoshi Cronkite, and this is the news. You saw a fake news. Yeah. You're fake news. You're, You're fake not- news. You're fake news, Mr. Travis Wright. Yeah. I'm Joel Tom. That's Travis Wright. And uh, we are not fake. We are real. And we are really going to talk crypto. And you're really listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are the podcast for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And sometimes we're a little delirious. We like to Google things so you don't have to, right, Mr. Joel Com? They don't really tune in. I mean, like in the, you know, days of radio, you'd have to like adjust the dial to get to the frequency. But with crypt with podcasts, you just push the button. You know, you just tap it. Yeah. I saw a really insightful thing on LinkedIn about podcast. And it's like, if you get them to press the button to start playing, you want to make sure they don't press the button and stop playing. So don't so don't be boring and stupid. Well, we're <laughs> I think we've been guilty of both, but I think and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but that might be the reason that you listen to us because you prefer um boring and stupid to dry and intelligent. I don't know that I don't know that either one of us are boring, Mr. Joel Com. Okay. I'm pretty sure that we're not. But we are self-deprecating, and we are glad to have our sponsor, New Alchemy, joining us here as sponsor on the show. You know, we're not financial advisors, but we know people who are serious about advising people in the blockchain space, and New Alchemy is one of them. They give truly expert advice about ICOs and access to a range of blockchain development services. They uh, develop ICOs for their clients. They provide them with end-to-end ICO services, which include business strategy, smart contract development, project management, token design, and marketing services. They've led blockchain innovation for more than seven years now. That's a long time in the blockchain space and have enabled $2.7 billion worth of tokenization projects. For more information, visit our friends at newalchemy.com. I-O. That's a lot, Mr. Joel Com. Yeah. Uh, we got some uh, podcast news 
for those of you that enjoy listening to us on your Android um, device, Bad Crypto and I guess all podcasts are now going to be more accessible to Android users via Google Podcasts. Yes, that's pretty exciting to know that, uh, uh, you know, Google has finally figured out that podcasts are a thing. They are a thing and they're a thing that isn't going away. In fact, uh, podcasts even though they've been around for like, what, a dozen or so years now, uh, yet to have real mainstream penetration. But I think that it's definitely picking up, and we're here in the early phases, and if you're listening, that means you are as well. Yeah, I actually uh, found an article a little earlier on today uh, on Recode that was talking about podcast advertising that uh, last year was $314 million total so the podcast business is still really teeny tiny. And if you think about all the billions and billions of dollars, there's like $70 billion a year goes into TV and internet search ads, 23 billion and internet video ads at about 12 billion. And hell, Facebook alone does about $40 billion a year in advertising and podcasts are just such a small amount. What if you're talking about radio? Radio generates about $18 billion a year. So podcasts are gaining more steam over time. And I'm glad that Google finally has their act together and has created its own standalone podcast app because it was really hard to find it in Google Play, kind of hard to find it in Google Music. They would move it around, and and uh, so hopefully you guys can find it on Google Podcast. Will they be able to write reviews there is what I want to know. Mm. Are you able to hit five stars? You should go check that out. Yeah, try, try it. it. Let us know and uh, make it funny. And if it's a funny five-star review, we'll do like we're about to hear and read you a couple that have just come in. One is called Crypto Goes Up. And <laughs> and I'm going to read this because it's, you know, this is the name the guy used, but it's by Hans Scrotum. <laughs> I think it's his real name. I am Hans Grotum. <laughs> uh, he says they'll guide you through the primordial sludge that are these early days of crypto. Even though these cryptozoologists lack some objectivity when it comes criticizing all media types, probs the two most smartest peeps you'll find at a MAGA rally. Their banter and lighthearted dialogue makes for an easy listen when en route to work. That being said, as long as you're not soft-serve ice cream on a sugar-free cone when it comes to differences in politics, these gentlemen birds are well worth taking a gander. We're birds. And I don't know that, you know, we don't really get, you know, majorly political on the show. Yeah, I've never been to a MAGA rally. You you don't own a MAGA hat. I do not. Uh, I did play Mega Man on uh, Nintendo. You're mega awesome. What's the other review here say? All right. You can't make this stuff up by Market Fanatic. This one is really long. Refreshing. Refreshingly smoky, like fine whiskey. Travis and the other guy are well rehearsed, funny, and I'm the. I must be the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a. That must be the one Travis fan out there who Welcome left that review. So thank to you. To the Bad Crypto Travis. Podcast with Travis Wright and the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Travis White and Juke. And the other guy. So uh, leave your review wherever it is you can, maybe now in Google Podcasts, and make it funny. And uh, if you think we're worth five stars, then give it up. And uh, if you don't think we are, then uh, then don't. But if you'd like to join us for our birthday celebration, July 18th is the day in Denver, Colorado. 
uh, whether you're local in the Colorado area and driving in or you're flying in, just get a hotel downtown. Still haven't determined exactly where it's going to be, but you can get a free ticket at badco.in forward slash birthday. And we got a funny email, Travis, before we get to the news. This dude, I don't know if he was being serious or not. I think he was. He was being serious. I, I did. Find him. Um, you, you were kind. <laughs> I was actually going to find her. I was going to find it right now. I was going to read it too. So we're, we're on the same we're kind page. of on the same break. Yeah, this guy. I'm not yeah. going to say his name, um, but his initials may be TD. And he says, "I would be interested in attending the one year anniversary party in Denver because I live here. My attendance would depend on the venue because of four reasons. Number one." Would like to see a cool venue. Number two, free or discounted food and drink. Number three, I have a very well-behaved baby who likes to be out and about. Would like to bring her and my wife. Neither are interested in crypto. And number four, I like listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast, but I'm not sure I'd want to intimately hang out with the two of you. A larger crowd would be better. Sorry if number three comes off harsh. Just my two cents. You got you got to yeah. it before I did, and I'm actually surprised. Um, how, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Oh yeah, well, you, <laughs> to eat something? No, I, I wasn't going to say that. I was like a, ba- a bag of something. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, hey, feel free to not attend, bro. I mean, like you have a whole lot of contingencies for being a random person who just emailed us, <laughs> right? Come, don't come, um, you know, and if you don't want to intimately hang out with the two of us, I need then, delicious, uh, I need deliciously discounted snacks. I need an area for my baby. I want this to be a very nice venue or I will not come. And I need there to be other people there besides you guys. Cause you guys are, I like to listen to your show, but I don't really want to hang out with you guys. So, um, <laughs> So if you want to hang out with us, July 18th in Denver, badco.in forward slash birthday is the information. Tickets are free. Food and drink are on you. Stay If you're going to stay in a hotel, stay in one in downtown Denver. Anywhere is nearby. It's not a big downtown. We hope to see you guys there. What were you, what were you going to email him? I, I hadn't, you know, I didn't stop to think about it because I saw your response first. Uh, but it probably would have been similar. It, it probably would have been, you know, um, hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> right wow i was i was like that's pretty funny that's a whole lot of demands for like you know that's like i need like green i need green m&ms and uh <laughs> all right let's get into the news here we go mr travis Wright. it's time for the news Yay! oh everybody's excited let's get right into it uh beginning in the big apple the great city of new york where apparently I was, just, I was just there earlier. Oh, today? This week. I was there this week. I was there a couple of days ago, Mr. Joel Kahn. Okay. Is the apple still big? You know, it's pleasantly it's pleasantly large. Is it crunchy? I did not taste it. I don't know okay. how sanitary it was. You did not take a bite. Mm-hmm. Uh anyhow, news, apart from you having been in the Big Apple and not having licked the sidewalks, apparently Square, Jack Dorsey's company not Twitter, uh, has received a bit license, which is their crypto state license. Yes. It's that bogus license that they had to create because you know how they like to regulate everything there. And they got everything got robot. Say that again, please. Oh, I love the robotiness. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah. Uh, you know, it's exciting uh, for them. It's big news. Uh, you know how New York likes to regulate everything there on wall street and uh, lots of regulations there on Wall Street. That was one thing about Wall Street they really got me was in 2008, 2009, when we had that big crash, how like 
all these all these people were doing all this crazy stuff. Not one person got arrested, right? Mm-hmm. For any mm-hmm. of the, like literally that tells you pretty much all you need to know about the legal system and the financial system and how well it's tied together. No, they did all that crap and and nobody got arrested. However, they got these really big uh, you know, uh regulations around crypto. You have to get a crypto this uh this bit license and I believe what like maybe five or six companies ever have gotten one. Does it say in this does it say in this article how many have actually received one? So Square's got the Cash app and apparently if you are a customer of Square and use the Cash app in New York state, you can now buy and sell Bitcoin instantly in the app because they have the license to Bitcoin. So exciting. I'm really excited about that. Good for Jack and good for Square customers. Crypto did take off a little bit whenever the news popped up. You know, it popped up about 3.5%, but then it went red again because crypto goes up, crypto goes down. Yeah, it's just been in this sideways movement now. Like, I don't even look at my blockfolio much these days because there's just nothing's moving. It's all just kind of, you know, up a point, down a point, up a point, down a point. You know, as of this recording, Bitcoin is at 67.39, Ethereum 5.27, XRP at uh, 53 cents, uh, EOS face some challenges, which we'll talk about this week, $10, Litecoin under $100, Stellar hovering around $0.23, cents, and, and everything's just kind of meh, you know, when Lambo, when Moon. We have no, no idea. We don't. The, the closest we, we got to a Lambo was driving one in Vegas last week. And by the way... Well, the closest closest that I got to one was a smart car. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't lie, Mr. Travis, right? You did attempt to drive the Lambo. I know I got in the Lambo. Lambos are re- like you need to be five ten uh, or so to drive yeah, the Lambo, I think, and, and and be like about fifty less pounds because it's like that's like a small cockpit engine in there. Now the Ferrari, I could totally drive the Ferrari, the McLaren, no problems. But like so even sitting in the Lambo, like my legs were scrunched because there's just no room and you can't move the seat back any farther. It's like if you're six foot. Like you ain't you ain't getting a Lambo. No Lambo. You can go to the moon, however, because rockets are are bigger than Lambos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you cannot drive the Lambo on the moon. No, no, unless it's one of those Lambo tractors. Right, then you could. So here's news about Tether. Uh, you know, Tether has been questionable for some time because the there's uh, you know there's doubts that every to- dollar of uh, USDT token is indeed backed by a dollar in the bank and tether has a two and a half billion dollar market cap but uh, this story on ccn says that they have released a transparency update it indicates that its token is fully backed by physical dollars that are deposited in two separate banks yeah the report was a product of free sporkin and sullivan (laughs) free sporkin that's uh, that was kind of what they did in the the summer of love back in uh, 1969. <laughs> and the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Yeah, yeah. I I always like this. Like, yeah, we have done uh, we've done a report and we've reviewed ourselves and we found ourselves to be free of any crime. Right. That's kind of what happens in the government. Well, but, but apparently, this is a real uh, legal firm founded by three former federal ju- federal judges, including a former FBI director, which. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much weight that carries anymore. Well, but, it's uh, not a formal audit, though. 
Um, apparently, the legal firm was given access to the bank accounts as well as to employees at the two unnamed banks. Uh, so this isn't an official audit. You know, it's, it's, it's an unofficial audit, maybe. Yeah, we've reviewed ourselves and we found ourselves to be compliant. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, I, I'm free of any crimes. I didn't do any crimes today, according to me. I smelled my own breath and no problem. You know, so there's that EOS EOS. Of course, the main net is live. And this article also on CCN.com, which uh, all of these articles are linked in the show notes at badco.in forward slash one four three. This headline says EOS faces constitutional crisis over frozen accounts. I guess they had there was an issue. There was like a hack or something or uh, but they had to freeze accounts. Uh, for a little bit on June 17th. Yeah, so apparently there were some stolen funds that were uh, that some thieves had scammed some users through phishing attacks or whatever, and they said they don't like that, and so they I guess they gave the money back to the original people, which is is great to do. However, if you are going back and kind of changing your constitution and being able to freeze accounts and do stuff, you know, just willy nilly on your own, that's not really central. That's not really decentralized. And this is very similar to, you know, what happened with Ethereum, how they had to, to create that hard fork with that DAO hack back in 2016, which created, um, you know, Ethereum Classic and Ethereum as we know it today. So kind of interesting whenever they, they basically have their, their constitution and Article 9 says this, all disputes arising out of or in connection with this constitution shall be finally settled under the rules of arbitration of the International Chambers of Commerce by one or more arbiters, uh, arbitrators uh, appointed in accordance with the said rules. And so apparently these arbitrators, arbitrators, <laughs> I'm having work issues. Are you issues. one of them there, arbitrators? You could do them arbitrage and arbitrating, arbitrator. And so, yeah, there's some challenges happen like that. It's very similar to what was going on with, with um, Ethereum. And uh, that created a problem. I think a bigger problem is, is like whenever they froze all of the, the tokens on the Ethereum blockchain and how many people don't have access to their EOS that are basically just blocked out of them now. Like, I mean, there's been all kinds of snafus that's been happening with this EOS mainnet launch. It, is, it has gone far from smoothly and it's created a problem after problem. And the price of the coin is showing that it's sitting at around 10 bucks right now from its high of around 24. So. Hindsight being 2020 would have been nice to get out of uh, all your EOS at about 24. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight being 2020, you could have sold everything on January 17th and um, you would have sold at the all time high. You know, I, sometimes I feel like we could do this news show just by going to one of these crypto news sites and just picking out articles. We actually do a little planning on these, but I'm going to go down a couple rabbit holes, Mr. Travis, right? In fact, if you look at the show notes, I just saw two articles on CCN, which by the way, is rapidly becoming uh, my favorite site for news. Uh, you know, I, I use Coindesk, I use Cointelegraph, but CCN seems to offer up stories that I don't see elsewhere. And this one here, a uh, a case just went before the Supreme Court. And for the first time, Bitcoin was mentioned in a Supreme Court decision. 
not about Bitcoin in particular. It had to do about uh, employee stock options being uh, representing taxable compensation or so. But this was actually written in this decision today that Bitcoin was mentioned in the decision written by Chief Justice uh, Breyer. Uh, actually, the dissenting opinion mm. by, uh, by Justice Breyer. So more and more, I mean, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are entering the mainstream, right? And uh, people are talking about it. They're giving it more validity. And we're seeing it every week. You know, new new organizations, new regulators, new people talking about it. It's sort of taken on a life of its own. So people who are saying, oh, it's a bubble, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right now, it's a downturn. They are the prices are a lot lower right now. But that doesn't mean we're down and out in crypto land. I mean, I think we're only we've only just begun down and out in crypto land. Check out this other story that I found here, which I think is really interesting for travelers, especially those flying through Amsterdam's international airport, Schiphol, Schiphol, Schiphol. I don't know, whatever it's whatever it is. They um, they're installing a Bitcoin uh, ATM there that allows people to convert their euros into Bitcoin or Ethereum at the airport, which is pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty handy. Well, I mean, that, that is pretty, you know, pretty handy. However, that's an international airport. People are flying in from all over the world. Why just limit it to euros? Well, I think what they're looking for, it's in the the departure terminal and it's supposed to be for outbound travelers and and basically for those who uh won't be using euros in their own country right oh that is really smart because i don't know how many times i'm leaving a different country and i'm like great i have 72 of these dollars here what am i going to do with these i know i'll i'll give some to my kids and so my kids have some different dollars from all over the world but it would be really handy like every time i use robin hood like if I pull money into Robinhood and then I I buy a uh, I buy some stock or something and I have like thirty dollars left over, then I just use the remainder of that to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, you know right? we talk we talk handy. about um, crypto dust, you know, but we've had fiat dust. Uh, you know, we get change, we throw it in a change jar. You know, you have some euros you're not going to spend in your own country. That's fiat dust, and so now you can convert your 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 cash dust into crypto. I think this is a great idea. I am not opposed to it at all, Mr. Joel Com. In fact, I have some uh, I have some of this worthless US fiat. And I have like seven random dollars that I would I would like to get rid dust of. It. I guess I could go to the dust, store. Dust dust crypto fiat dust. So also in the news, Circle's CEO has said that every world currency will soon have a digital version. All fiat currency will be crypto, is what Jeremy Allaire, he said, in no uncertain terms, digital currencies, uh, regular fiat currencies, it's going to be he's, the same. Uh, he's not alone. Again, as I was perusing the story on CCN, the Goldman Sachs CEO says it's arrogant to think cryptocurrency won't be successful. I mean, the, the writing is on the wall. You know it. I know it, and now the leaders in the financial spaces know it. And so it, it, I don't know what it would take for all of this to completely crumble and not explode. Well, and we're noticing there's a lot more of these uh, fiat peg stable coins popping up, right? We've had, we've had those stable coin conversations before. We had just one on just the other day. Uh, right. And also true USD is doing one tethers doing one, uh, Haven is doing one, right. 
So these stable coins are popping up, and that's kind of what these these digital currencies that are going to be pegged to these fiat currencies are going to do, right? They're going to be this they're going to be this stable coin type of a thing, and that's useful because like when you know the market's going down, like sometimes you're like, oh man, you can tell Bitcoin's about to crash. Here it is, it's it's going down. Well, how about pull it over into a stable coin and let it just chill there, so Bitcoin can go down, and then you can pull it back into Bitcoin after Bitcoin's gone down. So a lot of times you go, okay, I guess I'll buy some Ethereum, and but but then they all go down because everything's tied to Bitcoin. So it's really the only safe haven is to have some sort of stable coin, you know. And there are benchmarks for where you know what what a stable coin is and the range that it should be playing in and this story is cracking me up because you know we got done talking about Goldman Sachs and of course one of the other um, big financial institutions of the world is JP Morgan Chase and uh, this story here they were busted dude they were trying to manipulate the US dollar benchmark, the CTFC, Commodity Futures Trade Commission, slapped a $65 million fine on J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. And, uh, you know, with, with Jamie Dimon still as CEO uh, of that company, it does not make me sad at all to see them slapped with fines for shenaniganery. Yeah, well, I mean, do a Google search for J.P. Morgan silver price manipulation. And it's basically they've JP Morgan has this imaginary silver hoard because it's all this paper money, right? And so not only are they manipulating the dollar, they've manipulated gold and silver. And now here they are talking about crypto and giving their opinions on crypto when they have historically manipulated all types of currencies, all types of assets in the past. And it's just unbelievable to me that how are they not fine more? I mean, they're fine little small little smacks on the wrist. They're not big fines that impact them in any negative well, right, way. Well, what is this one fact, right here? Uh, somebody said in the comments, and I don't know if this is accurate because the article doesn't state it, but it says their profit was 10 times the fine you know, it, because of the manipulation they did. So if that's accurate, then they made $650 million for that manipulation and had to pay a $65 million fine. Poor baby. So nine. Let me ask you this, Mrs. Gilcom, how often would you pay $65 million to make six all day long every day? But I, I wouldn't do something illegal to do it. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, this is crazy. So like if the fine was 6.5 billion, Right. Then they'd think twice about doing this kind of stuff. But the problem is, is that the profits are normally way bigger than the fine. And so they go, eh, what's the real what's the real loss? It's actually a a profit center for them. Mm -hmm. You know who we haven't talked about on the show for a while and our our fans are probably going, uh, you know, when are the bad crypto guys going to talk about Paris Hilton again? Oh, I thought you were going to say Kanye. Oh, is there news around Kanye? There's not news around Kanye, but you asked me to guess. Well, we, we, now we just talked about him. We did. I guess there you so. go. This is uh, this, though Paris Hilton's dad, who's Rick Hilton. I, just, I find it interesting that that's the headline. You know, Paris Hilton's father to sell 16th century Roman mansion via blockchain auction. Why does it not just say um, Hilton real estate firm chairman Rick Hilton? Right. Why right. do why does it have to have this? I don't know. I just think that's funny. Like that that's really link bait, like to put Paris right. Hilton's name in the title. 
Well, you know, the Hilton family uh, has been very successful for the longest time, right? Through their, through Paris's grandpa or whatever his name was, Conrad Hilton or something. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I think that's what it is. And uh, so they have this, all this real estate, all these hotels, right? And then they have these uh, granddaughters who are these reality celebrities and, um, you know, Paris Hilton, very popular for her TV show and her sex tape. And uh, actually, last time we talked about her, I think it was back in September, whenever they she was she jumped in on this ICO. I think it was like Lydia, Lydian, Lydian coin, Lydia coin, something like that. Back in uh, oh yeah, here it is. Back in September uh, of 2017, uh, she had talked about looking forward to joining the Lydian coin thing, and I don't believe that she actually said that that was sponsored or whatever. So that was right after Floyd Mayweather had done his. Uh, I'm going to make a ton of money with the stocks ICO and how he was pimping all those. And notice how all these companies have, uh, how all these celebrities have sort of toned down on that. Yeah, they backed off. You know, by the way, it was Conrad Hilton. And I really, I don't know, you probably didn't watch the show Mad Men. Uh, but if you are going to watch anything, it's such a, a great advertising marketing show uh, with Don Draper. They actually fictionalized Conrad Hilton and in a couple seasons of the show, he works with uh, this fictionalized version of Conrad Hilton on their hotel chain campaigns. And so those of you... Was it, was it Hilton or was it like something... No, no, named- it was Conrad Hilton. It was, uh, they they managed to work in some, you know, real life brands into the show, which, of course, you know, was, I think, advertising for Hilton uh, eventually. So anyway, they're auctioning off this old mansion on the blockchain. And it looks like the company who is doing it is Proppy, the one company that we had. uh, Remember, we talked about them way back in the day. That was, I think, one of the first ICOs that we had even mentioned on the show. I think you had mentioned it because you had you had uh, got you put an Ethereum towards it or something. And um, so, yeah, they created their they completed the first ever real estate sale for crypto in Ukraine in 2017. And they are using their blockchain to uh, to basically, you know, do the do the sales and uh, set it up on the titles for land and whatnot. So this Roman mansion is going to be auctioned off on the blockchain. And what are they thinking? How much is it worth? 30 35 million, million. It's million. it's huge. 11 bedrooms and 15 bathrooms. So it'll be interesting to see how this blockchain auction goes. It would certainly, you know, they pull it off. That would be really good for Proppy. So so basically it's just, you know, 5,222 Bitcoin. It's not that yeah. big a deal. I mean, if you were mining back in the day, you know, you got you got that sitting around. Yeah. Uh, speaking of ICOs, there's this number from News BTC said ICOs raise over nine billion this year so far, surpassing 2017 figures. So there are some that are saying, you know, ICOs are on the downturn, but the co-founder of Coin Schedule says he still believes in the ICO industry. He says, quote, the ICO market is still hot. EOS and Telegram have been big, successful ICOs this year, albeit not a classic ICO in the sense Telegram was closed to private investors only, and EOS has been trading in exchanges for a while. But he is um, a believer, and apparently a lot of other people are as well. And think of this, you know, we're not even halfway over over the year, right? That happens in a week. And but then also looking at this, I say, well, Telegram was how much and EOS was how much and then how much was the Venezuelan Petro? So those three right there were three, four billion dollars collectively. So, I mean, you take those out of the mix and then you were sitting at about, 
maybe six billion or so that's gone in other ICOs aside from those top three. So I mean, I uh, EOS raised like four billion, right? You you are correct, sir. Telegram raised like two point something billion, and I don't know how much the Venezuelan Petro raised, but that's a whole bunch, and uh, that's a whole lot of money. And you know, the, these ICOs are interesting. That's like that's why we do the ICO spotlight each week, is because there's we've had now on the show over this year about 150 different ICOs on the show, and most every one of them are doing different things. That to me is what's fascinating. There's so many different applications of blockchain that uh, it seems that it's almost never ending. And yet we have never recommended that anybody buy a single coin or token. I think that's pretty that's impressive because we're not financial advisors. Mm -hmm. And we're not pumping dumpers. So, hey, the Fed is paying attention to crypto. There's a shocker. This story is surprising, though, that the Federal Reserve Branch in St. Louis is adding crypto price indexes to their database, the Federal Reserve Economic Data Database, otherwise known as FRED. They're, they're tracking pricing data for Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Bcash, and Litecoin. Basically, they're just pulling data from Coinbase, essentially. Uh, I, yeah, that's what they're doing, but they're, they're paying attention, right? They're keeping track of this, and uh, I think it's, you know, the feds, they're, they're not stupid. Yeah, and uh, they said that there was a report from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. They released a report that argued that they believe the true value of Bitcoin is around $1,800, which is a roughly the cost of mining one Bitcoin. So that's how they, uh, you know, arrived at that figure. So that's interesting to think about. Uh, but you know what? Here's the thing. Is there's only 21 million of them, and not everybody's going to have one. And if everybody wanted to have some Bitcoin and the supply versus demand, I mean, eventually the price of Bitcoin is going to be astronomical because not everybody can have one and everybody wants one. Unless one of these other cryptos take over as the main crypto that becomes the, you know, crypto reserve currency but um you know because everything's pretty much pegged to bitcoin right now right if you look on all those exchanges that's, that's the way it's set up there's no sign of a flippening happen right now you know it, it everything is status quo there's no other tokens that have momentum that seems uh likely to overtake bitcoin and i i don't believe another will i could be wrong um, I don't know. Do you think Icon has a chance to uh, to be that one? Do I think Icon? Yeah, I well, see they, it. Yeah, they they are gearing up for a token swap. They're eight hundred million token swap as they're getting ready to prepare for their main net launch. Now, this is similar. It seems to me kind of what EOS has done, where they you know they built their uh, they did their ICO on the Ethereum network. And until now, those ICX tokens were distributed, uh, you know, through the ICO. They ran on Ethereum as an ERC-20 token. And now users have to transfer those uh, to ICON from Ethereum, uh, just as same as you had to do with EOS. Uh, now, you guys have until September 25th to execute that token swap, uh, basically through the ICON EX wallet. And uh, those will be starting to be distributed through there. Now, I don't know if... You know, like EOS, if you kept them on a certain exchanges, they would do that swap for you. I don't know if Icon is doing that. It does not mention that. But uh, those mainnet transitions, once those blockchain, you know, projects 
they're creating their own token, right? But they have it on the ERC, they have it on Ethereum, and you can buy into it with the the ICO with your Ethereum and get some of those tokens. But those ERC20 tokens have to be converted over to their native platform. And EOS, I think, did not really, it's almost like, all right, now we're done doing the ICO and immediately you must swap it over. Like they didn't give people any time and that whole freezing of assets. I mean, who knows how many EOS tokens are just are dead on the vine now? Yeah, they were left outside to freeze their assets off. So it does say here that uh, Binance and Upbit have confirmed that they will support the token swap for all deposits made up until Wednesday, and that appears to be of next Wednesday. Uh, and if you're listening to this in the future, well, you know, figure out what date this broadcast and get your Wednesday straight. McAfee's in the news again, like constantly, uh, but he tweeted that he's not going to recommend ICOs anymore. Yeah, so remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about him, and it was like, John McAfee on the run. You know, he was all like, he was all like incognito and he was all, he was all clandestine. He was like, oh, the feds are following these other two people who look like us now. And now we're two states over. And it was just, I mean, McAfee brings drama. You can, one thing you can say about John McAfee is he is not boring, right? He's a drama llama. This tweet on June 19th said, due to SEC threats, I am no longer working with ICOs, nor am I recommending them. And those doing ICOs can all look forward to arrest. It is unjust, but it is reality. I'm writing an article on an equivalent alternative to ICOs, which the SEC cannot touch. Please have patience. And, you know, this is a a reason from the very beginning that while we have a sponsored show that features ICOs, we're super clear that it's a commercial. It is a promotion and that we don't recommend them. Uh, We, you know, that we let people know that we're being compensated because it's just such a new frontier uh, that... Mm -hmm. You know, we we just like to be really clear. And he was super promoty, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of, and he of was ICOs. not clear. He was not clear. He did not say that he did not say this is a sponsored post. I am talking about this crypto coin, like mm-hmm. not at all. And then then it became clear that he was accepting one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a tweet, which is about half as much as we accept. So if you want to send us a quarter million for tweets, we'll <laughs> <laughs> Uh, twenty five thousand in bad coin. Yeah. Um. No. No. Literally, it's so it's just so astronomical the yeah. amount that John McAfee was charging. Unbelievable. And uh, I guess people were paying it because I mean he would make the pump and then those coins would go take off and then you would see a dump shortly thereafter. So that was supremely pump and dump. Uh. But apparently the SEC got on him and not good for mr john mcafee but he's trying to protect his crypto assets as well and so he has said hey i'm not going to do that anymore we've never made a recommendation on the show uh we've we've said some of the things that we've done like some of the coins that we've been looking at and checking out but we've never said you should go out and buy this we've never gone the superman route where we're like go buy this one oh my god this is the best coin you've ever seen Ah!" can you say that with a superman uh, accent though you know what? I've only seen the guy a couple times, and then I I was a little nauseous, and so I stopped watching. I think, I think he's he's a Brit, uh, so it'd have to be a British accent. So back home in the United States at Stanford University, they are launching a new blockchain research center there on the the left coast. Very cool, yeah. And Vitalik Buterin, he is actually uh, helping support this initiative as well. Vitalik not giving away ETH 
buterin, <laughs> right. which we have to say that as well, because like what's happening, like every time we would send out a tweet, somebody would create a fake bad crypto account and be like, oh, and make sure to jump into our crypto giveaway where we're giving away Ethereum and blah, blah, blah. And we're not doing that. But um, it's interesting that uh, Stanford University is launching this new blockchain research center. Uh, Silicon Valley is normally on the forefront of this. I'm actually surprised that it's taken them this long to create a blockchain research center, frankly. Yeah, come on, Silicon Valley. So the center's going to focus on creating blockchain curriculum for students and working professionals. I guess a lot of people, as it makes sense, are interested in having classes like that at uh, U.S. universities and colleges. So hopefully Stanford will be able to create some uh, curriculums to be usified. Now, I believe there's already a... That one organization there from, you know, Jingling Wang and um, Jeremy Gartner. Yeah, so so they have the blockchain education network that they'd set up. And so a lot of schools around have that where sort of like a meetup where people are getting together and, and communicating and chatting about, about blockchain. But this is an official center for blockchain research. Uh, it's being led by Dan Bonet and David Mazares that are two professors there that have specialties in blockchain and crypto at Stanford. And so they are going to be basically helping to find best practices for blockchain and uh, bringing university scientists and top industry leaders together and uh, talking about the cryptos. Come together, crypto, to the moon. Speaking of uh, blockchain research and uh, ICOs, uh, Power Ledger, right? Blockchain startup. We had them on the very, very first ICO spotlight back what? in the it day. It was first? Really? It was on the very first one. Yeah, we had them on it and Horizon State. And I think Block RX was on that first one. And so they are bringing Power Ledger, uh, they're bringing some electricity sharing to Silicon Valley. Mr. Joel oh, Kopp. coming to because they're from the other side of the world. They're from down under. They're from down under. Yeah. From in under. fact, they had one of the, I think, the most successful ICO in Australia at that time. And so what are they doing? They're working with Silicon Valley to track renewable energy use of electric vehicles. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And that's pretty fancy. And it is a blockchain technology that tracks energy production, storage, and then allows the token to be able to, you know, buy and sell energy based on the, your, your consumption. Because I think a lot of times what happens now is if, if you have solar panels on your roof, then, you know, it's like, all right, I'm making all this energy during the day and I'm at work. And then you're selling that energy back to the energy network, back to the energy company for maybe five cents. Uh, uh, per watt or whatever the the the, the uh, kilowatt or however they're they're judging that, and then but then at nighttime when you need it you got to buy it back for twenty cents, and so the electric company's still making money off of you even though you're producing all this energy you're not necessarily storing it all that well unless you have maybe one of those Tesla uh, batteries in your in your garage or whatever, and so basically this is, is that you know Power Ledger allows you to buy and sell those credits that way you don't have that massively bad arbitrage with the electric company. And now they're, they're doing some pretty cool stuff with Silicon Valley. Uh, actually, they're going to be working with Silicon Valley Power, which is the big company there in, uh, in the West Coast. Well, good for them. I may or may not be holding a little bit of power. I, I, honestly, I don't recall and I don't have my portfolio in front of me at the moment. Uh, but full disclosure, I, I may own a token we talk about. I may not. 
I do have a little bit of this one just because it's a top 10 crypto and I'm like, you know, I can't hurt to have a few of them in, you know, in my portfolio. And that's Tron uh, in the news here. Justin Sun, who's the founder of Tron, has spent $140 million in cash to buy BitTorrent and, and uTorrent or just uTorrent? Well, uTorrent. Well, uTorrent is the platform that BitTorrent. So, like, if so, I don't know if you guys remember way back in the day with Napster, and then also with like Kazaa and LimeWire and all that stuff. You know, though, basically, what happened was was that those were sort of centralized powers. Once they shot off Napster and shut off those other ones, they shut the whole engine down. Well, Bitcoin is a decentralized sort of an engine. So, like, if I'm sharing this file and some other people are sharing this file. What they're doing is they're going out and getting little tiny bits from my computer and your computer and other people's computer, and then they're recompiling that file on your uh, on your computer, right? That's how BitTorrent works. And and there's not one. It's not like it's peer to peer where you're just connecting to my computer and downloading that file. You're just getting little tiny bits at a time. And Tron, that whole plat, that whole coin, they're trying to do stuff with media and reinventing media and putting media on the blockchain and Basically, they had a white paper, right? And then it became worth, like, at one point, like $10 billion or $18 billion or something crazy. So they have all this money, and now they're actually using their crypto ICO money and then buying real company like Bitcoin and Utorn. That's interesting. And they're not saying why, but reportedly the move is aimed at shielding Tron's technology from allegations of plagiarism. So I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's what's happening with Tron. And uh, one last story from the entertainment world uh, that is merging into the crypto world. There is a Grammy Award winning singer. His name is Akon, A-K-O-N, Akon. Yeah, Akon. Yeah, and uh, I've never heard of the guy, but he wants to build a crypto city in Senegal. That's where he's from. He's a Senegalese-American rapper and a solar energy entrepreneur, and he wants to offer crypto to help improve conditions in Africa. Doing mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so the A-Coin, as it's going to be called, according to the uh, the Coin's website, this new city, 2,000-acre land uh, gifted by the president of Senegal, Senegal and uh, he's going to call this the real-life Wakanda which uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Black Panther, which I recently saw while flying back uh, uh, from overseas. And really good movie. I was actually pretty blown away by by the, the storyline behind it. A lot of people actually thought that there was a real-life Wakanda already in existence, but it was fiction. But uh, very fascinating, the whole story. And uh, so Akon wants to create a real-life Wakanda someplace in Africa there in Senegal. And uh, it's going to be powered by the A-Coin. Yeah, super fancy. Well, that's not all the news because there's so much more news. We can go on and on and on. But, you know, by now you're probably going, all right, guys, that's that's enough news for the week. We haven't been nearly as funny this show. We apologize. Sometimes we're just not hilarious. But we are going to wrap it. But first, uh, news from World Crypticon. We have our weekly winner. And this uh, individual has been randomly chosen from our email newsletter list. We send out emails once a week, kind of gives you all the goings on of all the cool interviews and things that are happening. If you haven't signed up yet, what are you waiting for? Badco.in forward slash WCC. That stands for World Crypticon. Of course, World Crypticon is the major crypto event that will be taking place October 31st through November 2nd in 
Las Vegas at the Aria Hotel, where we recently shot a promotional spot in a Lambo and in a Ferrari and maybe in a smart car. Uh, and every week they're giving away two tickets this week. Scott Bullhack, Scotty of Bullhackery, you are the winner and you will be getting an email from the World Crypticon team. You guys should get on the list. Badco.in forward slash WCC. And before the event, they are going to give away one VIP package for two that's going to include airfare, hotel, VIP treatment. Get on the list. Do it. Do it now. Thanks so much for joining us for the Bad Crypto Podcast. Can't believe that we are coming up on one year. And if you add together the number of regular episodes, unnumbered episodes, which include like quickies and stuff like that, there's probably been 10 to a dozen of those. And the Crypto Spotlight slash ICO Spotlight episodes, of which there's 34, we're coming up on 200 episodes in our first year. That is insane. Like that is an that is an insane amount of content. That is like one that's that's one that's more than one every other day. Like if this was a marriage, there's no way that, you know, we'd be able to still be together. <laughs> I mean, we how are we not totally sick of each other? I'm just a little sick of you. Well, that's great. I'm I'm not I'm not really sick of you at all. Like we still crack each other up like regularly. Like episode 141, the talking tokens episode, like that was <laughs> hilarious. Like like we're getting funnier. Like it's that's what it seems like. It's like we haven't even reached our prime yet, which is great. No, we're we're still like in in crypto puberty here. Free crypto puberty. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, uh, share the crypto love. We'll catch you guys next time. Until then, stay bad. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.